0: what's up good morning welcome to simply cyber it is friday y'all which means one thing all about good times heading into the weekend it is june 23rd 2023 episode number 394 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing it looks like my camera is frozen so let's go ahead and figure that out one second please you see what happens you see what happens we can't have nice things I, i don't even know if you can hear me now bro what are we doing here this this oh my god let's do that oh, that works there's one camera hello there's another camera boom now we got action we got action people good morning welcome to <laughs> simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i'm your host dr gerald Dozier and over the next 45 minutes me you io adrian dan reschke brandon s audio issues carl And a whole new set of gear in the studio is going to be delivering the hot takes on cool cyber news. We're going to be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of the stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you're going to get value here. Believe that. The networking is excellent. The people are amazing. The stories are fun and the music's pretty good. This is The Midnight, my favorite. But before we get into shredding the top cyber news of the uh, of the day and hooking you guys up with tons of value, let me give a little love and shout out to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber and recover from the damage done. Cyber can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil. We're talking Tommy trouble. grab the bottle of the pink stuff, But don't sweat it, because Barricade Cyber Solutions is basically a personified version of the bottle of the pink stuff. And they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents, both from a technical perspective and from an emotional perspective. Guys, people aren't robots. When they're dealing with an active ransomware incident, they're not thinking rationally. They're making really boneheaded decisions, or they're just straight up in shock. Barricade Cyber Solutions, Eric's got, you know... Nothing to say about Eric's waistline, but Eric has a large belt and there are a lot of notches on that belt of all the different businesses that Eric and his team have absolutely helped get through all this. So, love to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Also want to say shout out to Penobsi. But Oh wait, I'm sorry, I should have been showing you uh, Barricade Cyber's webpage there and also Penobside's webpage. Guys, really quick, Penobside Security, Brandon Poole's team. They deliver value to their customers, uh, which are mostly businesses, right? You're not going to hire. <laughs> you would never hire uh, an information security firm to come in and do a quantified risk assessment on your morning routine or like your family's like vacation plans. No, no, no. It's a business solution. It's a business service. Basically comes in looks at your people, process and technology and outlines where your greatest risks are statistically spe- speaking, based on evidence and then gives you a uh, sound guidance on how to execute um, to eliminate and reduce those risks. I will get my, uh, you know, I guess, shout out and love to uh, Panopsi. I know your, your uh, webpage is kind of jacked up here because of, uh, see, if I move it around, it doesn't really do what I need it to do. So sorry, Brandon, much love and appreciate the respect. Guys, Panopsi.com. go to the link in the description below. Check it out. Um, if you're if you're working out a business or you own a business and you need a little bit of help Brandon Poole can definitely sort you out. It's all about good times guys. if you're live with us right now, hold on one second let me let me zoom in oh, see still trying to get my studio dialed in in the, in the remote studio. Much love to uh, team live. if you're here live with us right now 115 of you you can see up in the right hand corner of the stream there's a ticker counting. that is an active live count of how many folks are in here. If you are here, you get half a CPE. If you replay, you get half a CPE, frankly. For your time here, this is a um, instructor-led, and I would consider myself quite qualified, instructor-led webinar on top cyber news, right? So it's worth half a CPE. It qualifies. Be sure to check your certification body to make sure, but I checked ISC Squared and ISAC, and they both qualify. I know what I'm doing up here. Believe that. So say what's up in chat. If you don't know what to say, do hashtag team live. Let us know you're here live with us. If you're watching on replay, replay people are people too. Love my team replay crew. Hashtag team replay, get that half CPE. Special thanks guys. If you do catch team replay from time to time, know that Chris Weaver uh, timestamps when the news starts. So if you're short on time and you just want to get right into the goods, uh, Chris Weaver typically in the comments is dropping a link to the um, start of the news if you are a first timer here let us know at hashtag first timer i love welcoming the new first timers thanks uh ken cephalus with the new mic we got a new mic we got a new light over there um so everything all in all is significantly leveled up i told you i was trying to get this all sorted out before um uh john hammond came on but unfortunately amazon delivered like right afterwards so whatever we're, we're always upgrading our stream we got the Chiron going across the bottom with the top stories uh hashtag first timer if you're first timer here and then finally my favorite thing to talk about if you are shy socially introverted i've had people dm me uh you know i appreciate the dms uh certainly stepping out of your comfort zone but take the step to Your professional networking, Um, start laying the seeds now. Hashtag Passive Observer. Leon Elliott with the first timer. What's up, Leon? Welcome to the party. Sherry Kramer. Kramer, Sherry Kramer, first timer. Gigi. Gigi with the first timer. Look at all these first timers, y'all. I don't know how y'all found us, but welcome to the party. We're all about good times up in here. All right, guys. We got a great show for you. It is Friday, which means Grayson's joke of the day. Uh, unfortunately, Grayson slept in and has not provided me said joke. So James McQuiggan, if you're in chat, I might need a pinch hit. Uh, please uh, pinch hit for Grayson if you could. Uh, I got a couple things that Jack going to talk about. I got big news for next week's um, first time um, daily cyber threat briefing. We got a guest host all next week. Uh, big, big news. So stay tuned. But for now, y'all sit back. You first timer, Sherry Kramer, Gigi. Sit back and relax, and let's let the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave, all right, guys? So actually, I think, what have I been saying? Let's let the cool news wash, wait. No, 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 it's time for my hot takes on the cool news. Either way, sit back, relax, we got a great show for you. Let's get into the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Friday, June 23rd, 2023. Cybersecurity breaches more than double amongst Canadian businesses. A report by CDW Canada in partnership with International Data Corporation Canada released on June 13th, based on a survey of more than 500 people involved in IT security, risk and compliance, identifies that there were fewer cyber attacks in 2023 than in the 2022 report, 344 compared to 419. But the number of breaches or unauthorized removal of data or files involving organizations increased year over year 130% to 30 from 13. DDoS attacks also rose to 30 in the 2023 report from 11 the year previous.
0: All right. Uh,
1: Experienced.
0: Okay, so a couple things here. One, uh, if you work in Canada, obviously this is uh, very relevant. You should download this report. I'll drop a link in chat. If you live in Canada, work in Canada, have offices in Canada, go ahead and giddy up on this. You can use this information uh, to help get budget for 2024 to uh, help inform your um, your InfoSec strategy if you're not going to get... Um... Daniel Lowry's in the house. What's up, Daniel Lowry? <laughs> My man. So go ahead and download the report if you're in Canada. If not, it's it's just important to note, one thing that came out in the in the uh, report here that I think is interesting that you may have missed is that they said the number of attacks has gone down, but the amount of data breaches has gone up. So what, what does that mean? It, it's important to note sometimes when we're counting things or we're being fed information, guys, yes, you can just read the headline, But sometimes you should read a couple sentences down for context, all right? People, marketing people love this. You can take numbers and statistically make anything possible, right? You know, 50% of the time, I'm 100% right. If you're picking up what I'm putting down right there, okay? So you can you know, uh, numbers can be kind of fudged or whatever. So it's important to do two things when you're talking about statistics and reporting. One, understand the context of what's going on in the report. And then secondly, and this one, um, you know, I, I I am more of an academic trained researcher, so I have a little bit higher standard, but understand where the information came from, right? Like when, when FireEye releases a report, FireEye has th- hundreds of thousands of endpoints uh, agents deployed across the world. So FireEyes telemetry is really, really rich and ha- and you have high confidence. When Microsoft releases something, Verizon data breach incident report, that report is stellar. It's based on wicked, good, legit telemetry. When FUBAR's storage, right? I'm not going to name uh, any vendors, but like when FUBAR storage solutions releases a report that says like, or, um, oh, actually, you know what? A perfect example let's say that Simply Cyber is going to go to market with a firewall gate, uh, email gateway, security gateway, right? Of course, I'm going to have some type of report that says 140% of all cyber attacks start with a phishing email, right? Because it directly aligns to the product and service that I'm selling. And that report could be based on me interviewing one person, me, for the answer. Okay, so you always want to like not dig in, but like, I'm always interested like, oh, that's an interesting report. Also, what's it based on? How many people did they interview? What was the corpus of data? Did they interview analysts? Did they interview CISOs? Did they interview Americans only? Did they interview international? Was it just manufacturing or was it all industries, right? You need to understand where the data is coming from, so you can appreciate statistics, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, because like people get all frothed up about uh, statistics, like, ooh, organizations' uh, unauthorized removal of data and files increased 130 percent. Bah, Sky's falling. Okay, well, yes, but if it went from, say, it went from two percent to four percent, you could say it increased 100 percent. It went from 2 to 6. It increased 200%, right? But that's not... It, you need to understand and appreciate statistics, okay? I didn't know I was going to be coming out the gates hot with academic research, but this is how it goes.
1: Fussy! China-based hacking group has new backdoor tool, say researchers. A Chinese cyber espionage group known as Nickel or APT-15, used a previously unseen backdoor to attack ministries of foreign affairs in Central and South America this according to a report released on Wednesday. In a campaign that ran from late 2022 into early 2023, hackers targeted a government finance department and an unnamed corporation as well as foreign affairs ministries, according to Symantec. The group used a large number of tools, including the recently developed Graphican backdoor, which is an upgrade from a previously used Ketrican backdoor. Okay. Cyber attacks
0: on operational tech. Okay, so whatever. I mean, I hate to say this, but China is a first world power. China has multiple um, cyber espionage capabilities, right? Yeah, there's some, um, there's some ransomware, kind of, but not really. There's some cyber crime ish, but not really. Uh, when you look across the landscape of cyber threat actors and their motivations north korea really geeked up on um uh like cybercrime for financial gain the lazarus group and then uh spying on their own citizens and then spying on perceived adversaries okay then you look at someone like russia and it's like you know even though russia (laughs) claims that they don't you know they're not affiliated or aligned with a lot of the cybercrime gangs. Eastern Europe, Russia, space—that's like ransomware central, right? Like you get a ransomware, you get a ransomware. Uh, squad members, if you're a squad member, drop an Oprah, please, because uh, <laughs> everybody's getting a ransomware out there. But China, China's playing the long game. China's got an authoritative regime. China's all about espionage, and um, I don't want to call it data exfiltration, but um, they're really big on making sure that their adversaries are, you know, well known of what they're doing, and also you know, intellectual property around medical research, around energy research, around military capability research, all of that gets ex into China, right? Like, let's be honest, okay? So they have these capabilities. This right here, this Nickel APT, who I hadn't heard of before, thank you squad members. A lot of, lot of love going out uh, for the uh, Eastern European Russian <laughs> threat actor groups. So listen, China's got all these different threat actors. Uh, good, good on him. What, what I will say is this is totally in the playbook of advanced China espionage threat actors. They are saying they don't hit many people, but when they do, they go in deep and they pull out what they want. Okay. One of the things that you need to understand with um, attribution, cyber threat intelligence, security operations is that the more, uh, the more frequent. Uh, threat actors attack and the noisier threat actors are, the more telemetry, the more identifiable attributes that we as defenders can get, right? That's why we have such a great corpus of data on Conti, on Lockbit, on Black Basta, Alfie, right? It's because they're going YOLO and hitting everybody all over the place. So we have a crap load of, we have like a wheelbarrow of data, right? Like back the Brinks truck up, unload the money, and fill it up with telemetry, okay? But these more sophisticated, elegant espionage groups, they are surgical in their attacks because A, they like stealth is their best friend. They don't care about straight cash, homie. Where's Randy? Straight cash, homie. Thank you, Randy. That's not their modus operandi. Their modus operandi is data because data is more valuable than a one-time transactional um, financial hit. They're interested in data, okay? So um, good on them, obviously, Semantics sniffed out this nickel group, so now TTPs are a little bit known. Again, this is more information for cyber threat intelligence analysts to consume, and also for us as practitioners just to be mindful of. But I would say, unless you're like, you know, Swiss Bank, you know, or or like something like that, or Volkswagen, um, you're probably or Siemens, right, getting in the healthcare space, you're not really too stressed out about nickel hitting you. Okay. So just be mindful of that. Um, also just as a fun fact, uh, cause it's my show. <laughs> when I heard this, I was thinking like originally the APT was called Nickelback and like Chinese, uh, like, um, the leaders in China were like, were like, you know, putting a hairy eyeball on it. They're like, Hmm, Nickelback. No, no, we're not doing, we're not doing Chad Kroger here. We're not doing that today. And they're like, all right, all right, all right, all right. How about just nickel? And they're like, all right, thumbs up. ...technology and industrial control systems lay
1: the groundwork for kinetic warfare. Attacks on OT and ICS environments could enable the development of kinetic weapons with physical effects, says Chris Dobrek, vice president of product marketing for Armis, speaking at InfoSecurity Europe on the future of cyber warfare this week. Referencing Stuxnet, Havox, and Colonial Pipeline, amongst others, Dobrek described how such attacks can have a harmful kinetic effect. He stated that 24% of respondents to his company's research said they were not prepared to handle the effect of these kinds of attacks, even though 76% believe they have appropriate controls in place. Citing the attacks on Ireland's health service executive last year, he predicted that there will be more attacks on healthcare organizations in particular in the future, as well as on utilities and transportation.
0: All right. Like, okay, so here we go. This is going to be a pretty... um. I I don't want to call this a hot take, but this is gonna be an unpopular take. All right, guys. Okay. Stay with me. Let, okay, so first just the story. Industry leaders are saying that OT and ICS, which is operational technology and industrial control systems, it's basically cyber physical systems. So when we we commonly, we, me, you, Jamie Fleck, Sheree Slam, Daniel Lowry when we're talking about securing things, we're typically talking about IT. It's almost implicit we're talking about IT. IT is information technology, obviously. We we almost use it ubiquitously and we don't think about it, but this is like workstations, servers, networking devices, et cetera, things that move information around, right? When we talk about OT or operational technology, we're talking about things that like vent gas into space or mix chemicals or spin things around, or move a robot arm to apply a Hyundai door to a Hyundai car body, right? Whatever it is, cyber, physical systems, okay? And for the longest time, OT, operational technology, by the way, OT and industrial control systems are used interchangeably, by the way. For the longest time, they were separated from the IT infrastructure, okay? But now because of the internet, right? Because of the internet, The information superhighway, um, these systems are starting to get coupled together. Why? Because it's wicked convenient for Daniel Lowry to be in a cozy, comfy, warm, um, you know, building, outcrop building in northern Alaska, and on his mobile phone, checking the health of the um, tech, uh, the Alaskan oil pipeline, right? So I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like on these pipelines, every you know 100 yards or whatever, there's like a sensor, right? Because you need to detect flow, you need to detect the temperature, you need to detect if there's pressure issues. Well, instead of Daniel Lowry, thank you, Daniel, for being my guest today on the show, <laughs> as I use you as an avatar. Instead of Daniel driving for 18 hours and sh- getting out in the freezing cold and checking these, uh, these pipes, he can just go on his phone in between CoffeeZilla videos and check out the pressure and all these things. So super convenient. The problem is a lot of these technologies the OT side were not set up to be secure. They were built in the seventies. They're wicked expensive. The people who now operate them are field engineers, like true field engineers. They're not IT people. They're not, you know, they they, they have like dirty hands and they're greasy and they don't want to deal with IT stuff. They just want to like, you know, make the system work the right way, right? So what ends up happening is you get this connection of IT and OT. And then the IT can get popped because it can be accessed from anywhere. And then all of a sudden you've got gas leaking in the air. If you want an example, a real example, you can Google Jacksonville, Florida water uh, plant or whatever. That's one example. Like last year or two years ago, some uh, punk stumbled into a team viewer session at a water cleaning plant and could have changed the chemicals and poisoned the city. Um, I believe that that was just a curious hacker, not a nation state threat actor trying to conduct a cyber attack. Okay, so so what I just laid out is everything that was like your, you know, thank you for coming to my TED talk. What is OTICS? Why is it an issue? And why in 2023 um, are those systems connected? Okay, now let me give you my not hot take on this one, right? With all due respect, we have been talking about OT and ICS being the Achilles heel of any major power. And I agree it is. If you turn the power off... Dude, look what happened when Texas blew their grid up uh, last year. Like, Ted Cruz jumping on a plane. Like, people were freezing their butts off, okay? Didn't have heat. Look at what Russia did to Ukraine in 2014, shutting the heat off on Christmas Day. Dude, if you don't have heat and it's sub-zero within a few hours your pipes are going to burst you're going to die okay not not maybe maybe that's extreme you're not going to die in a few hours but like over a prolonged period of time you're going to be screwed try do me a favor turn off the power to your house and then try to function for like oh, 5 days it you won't be able to this is why people have generators attached to their house okay we depend on critical infrastructure to deliver our way of living however there's been such a Like, I feel like, like, oh, OT ICS attacks are going to be like the next thing. Like, that's been the drum forever. And I just feel like based on what Russia's doing in Ukraine and the behaviors with that, we didn't see that. Russia has full capability to knock Ukraine infrastructure off the grid, right? Like, critical infrastructure in Ukraine could be brought down. Now, one of two things is happening here. One, Russia can't do it. And OT isn't that insecure. Or two, Russia believes that if they knocked Ukraine's critical infrastructure off, that would be considered a true act of war, not this like, you know, aggressive conflict or whatever Russia's still calling it. So it's not deemed an act of war, this, this, uh, you know, wordsmithing that they're doing. But, anyways, my point is, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm almost getting tone deaf and, and desensitized to like the. Oh, you know, the ever-present threat of OTICS. And again, I think it is a real concern. It's just, I don't know, I'm just, it's like, you know, you're good, like once a quarter, you're good for like a big report about how, you know, we're going to get blown back into the dark ages. All right. Again, not a hot take. I'm sure a lot of ITOCS people are going to um, push back on that. And I completely understand why. I'm giving you a slice of my take, I just, I don't know, I almost wonder if like Don Weber or Bryson Board or any of the ICS people, what their take would be on the media coverage of OTICS um, risk. Okay, thank you. Exploit released
1: for Cisco AnyConnect bug giving system privileges. Proof-of-concept exploit code is now available for a high-severity flaw in Cisco secure client software for Windows, formerly AnyConnect security mobility client, that can let attackers elevate privileges to system. As we reported last week, Cisco did release security updates to address the security bug on Tuesday when it said its product security incident response team did not have evidence of malicious use or public exploit code targeting the bug in the wild. Cisco Secure Client helps employees to work from anywhere using a virtual private network and provides network administrators with telemetry and endpoint management features.
0: Okay, so, all right, so I've said this a million times before, but it bears repeating for our new first timers, Gigi. Um, when a vulnerability comes out, it gets a CVSS score. The CVSS score is between zero and ten. Anything under six, like. like, with all due respect, you don't get out of bed, right? It'll just get caught up in a patch cycle, whatever. No big deal. Anything north of 9, you're interested in. 9.8 is like a magic number. 9.8 means that it's a wicked bad vulnerability. Uh, by the way, really quick, I've been getting a lot of comments in Team Replay um, that I say wicked a lot, which I wicked, I, I do um, but and people wanted to a counter, so I've been thinking about maybe doing a wicked counter. We'll we'll see about that. Uh, but it is just uh, my cultural upbringing. Okay, so a nine point eight is essentially really bad vulnerability, but there isn't an exploit. They reserve that point two to basically indicate to people like you and I that this thing has got active exploitation out in the wild. If I had to guess, and this is just a guess, CBE twenty twenty three two zero one seven eight was a 9.8 and now it is a oops there's where you can get the uh exploit so don't click on that um and now it is a 10. if i had to guess let me see where's the um oh of course i can't find it on stream whatever I, if i if i had to guess it's a 10 now um here's the deal cisco any connect Cisco AnyConnect is used everywhere. System privileges are basically root privileges on a Windows box, which is not good. You do not want people, you do not want humans operating under system privileges. System is like a service account for applications and crap like that. You you don't want to be driving around with a system account. AnyConnect is everywhere. Uh it allows VPN connections in a post-pandemic remote workforce running any connect is a real solution like like it's a cisco is a good solution for this so if you are running this you should know this about your environment i strongly encourage you to make sure that this is getting updated cisco AnyConnect may be set for auto patching or auto updating i'm not 100 sure so check your settings but do not let this one go there is an active exploit out there that means threat actors can take advantage of this vulnerability just because there's a vulnerability doesn't mean it's being exploited when there's an exploit that means the vulnerability can be and will be exploited also I want to point out this is a proof of concept exploit which means it's got the cradle of exploitation but it doesn't deliver uh, the payload necessarily so you can't just you can't just be a, um, a novice and like download and fire you would have to tune this a little bit but anybody Anybody that has a level of sophistication and is a threat actor of sorts will be able to take this POC exploit code and uh, weaponize it. So watch out. And now a word from our sponsor,
1: Wing Security. The first step to securing your organization's SaaS usage is knowing which SaaS applications your employees are using. Third party included. Wing offers a completely free SaaS shadow IT discovery tool. You can find it at wing.security and self-onboard. No sales in the process, no credit card needed, no time limit. Just go ahead and discover your SaaS usage.
0: All right. So it it is the mid-roll. So Gigi, Daniel Lowry, if you guys are first-timers here, you may not know this, but we do this every single day on the stream at the mid-roll. that's right. Good music, good times. Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. Squad members, regular community members, first-timers, much love. Hope you're getting a lot of value out of the stream. I want to thank the sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi. Stay tuned to the Jawjack segment, which is the end of the show, um, where I will announce a brand new sponsor. I secured a six-month sponsorship with one of my favorite companies, yesterday. Uh, really, really appreciate the support. Ah, crap, I'll just tell you. So Black Hills, Anti-Siphon, uh, have agreed to partner with Simply Cyber for six months. Um, so I'm super excited. I love Wild West Heckenfest. I love John Strand, Jason Blanchard, Deb the Deb, The Hawk, Ian, like the whole crew over there. I love what they're doing. They, they inspire me. So I sincerely appreciate them wanting to support the channel for a six month engagement that is amazing so thank you thank you so much okay guys if you're getting value out of the stream do me a solid hit that like button education value thank you Jenny Housley entertainment value now you might be like Jerry I'm here for the news I'm not here to pump your YouTube channel bro well guess what you Gigi, you Daniel Lowry may have found this channel for the first time because YouTube suggested it to you. Why did YouTube suggest it to you? Because every single morning people like the Simply Cyber Squad community hit the like button, right? So it's literally gaming the algorithm to say, hey, a bunch of cyber people like this show. I'm going to go out and reach to more cyber people and that's how we help promote the show and help people find us. So if you're getting value, if you want other people to check it out, uh, please hit that like button. It goes a long way. Thank you, Joey Hyde. Yeah, those likes are rookie numbers. You gotta pump those numbers. Guys, um, Simply Cyber Community Challenge, I wanna thank all of you, including Joey Hyde, who's currently holding the baton. Every single weekday, uh, we continue the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. This is a challenge that started months ago, and you guys have been bringing the heat. Every single day, one member of the community takes the baton, Joey Hyde has it today, Joey Hyde will be tagging somebody today. If that person accepts, go on LinkedIn and post your cyber story. Why are you doing cyber? What is it about it that you love? What motivates you? Whatever it is, give your cyber story. And then here's the best part. Go, everyone else in chat, the 230 of you in chat right now, go to LinkedIn, connect with whoever's holding that baton, and comment. Connect with the people in comments. It will have an avalanche effect because you'll start building your network with like-minded cyber professionals who are supportive, inclusive, and all about good times. And then you'll start to see your LinkedIn feed populate with good, cyber, supportive, inclusive content. And you'll have a really valuable professional network. So when you post something, a question, you share a resource, you'll be helping people. You'll be able to get help from people. It says, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's a way to build your professional network in a meaningful way. Joey Hyde, let me know who you're gonna tag. I love the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's all about good times. All right, so while Joey's uh, working on that, I wanna say, Joel Belton with the, uh, with the, membership squad emote so if you're one of the lucky recipients of the five squad memberships that joel belton just dropped in chat holler at me and grab those squad memberships james McQuiggan coming in strong with the joke of the day thank you very much james uh james can you drop a joke uh callan is i mean grayson's unavailable today and we could really use a pinch hit on a joke of the day can we just become best friends yep all right, we got James McQuiggan. I'm here to pump the Simply Cyber Show, and of course, my favorite security-minded chess-playing friend. Love the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So excited to connect with even more people. Thank you, James McQuiggan, very much. Let me know if, James, James, can you at me and drop a joke in chat, please, and then we'll, um, we'll get back into the news. Did Joey High tag someone, too, please? All right. Well, well, all right, so let's let um, James McQuiggan do the joke of the day, and we'll let uh, Joey High tag somebody, and we'll get into the news. Stay tuned for Jaw Jack, and it's going to be all about good times. Justified is saying the winner did not claim their prize on Discord on Wednesday. I cannot remember who the Wednesday winner was. Was that Sean Washington? I think it was Sean Washington. Sean, are you in chat right now? Let me know. All right, let's get back into the news. We'll we'll do the joke of the day, and we'll do um, and we'll do the uh, Joey Hyde thing. All right, hold on. There's the joke of the day, James McQuiggan, If I meet the guy who invited the number zero, I'd like to thank him for nothing. Ha ha! I don't have the uh, Nelson laugh joke, but thanks, James McQuiggan, for the joke of the day. I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, just to bite, uh, let me know if you want to re-raffle it. Let's get back into the news, guys, and we can do all this at Jaw Six and- ...percent of
1: government IT does not have a documented disaster recovery plan. Shocker. A recent report by ARCServe reveals several weaknesses that can hamper government departments' fight against ransomware and their ability to recover data. Its findings show that 36% of government IT departments do not have a documented disaster recovery plan, 38% of government IT departments have a comprehensive business continuity plan that includes recovery, interim solutions and communication, but 24% of remote government workers are not equipped with backup and recovery solutions. Interestingly, 45% of government IT departments mistakenly believe it is not their responsibility to recover data and applications in public clouds. This survey was fielded in Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, France, Germany, India, Japan, Korea, the United Kingdom, the United States, and Canada.
0: Okay, so getting back to my comment earlier today about how you should really um, dig into where the data points are coming from to understand where the statistics are. This one's pretty good. So they interviewed several different countries' governments, and 30 per 6 36 percent said they didn't have a documented disaster recovery plan now just so everybody knows especially you first timers i do not read or review or prep for this show at all (laughs) which sounds absurd but my point is that i am uh this is like my hot takes and off the cuff okay so first of all i said shocker in the joke okay guys a lot of people do not document disaster recovery plans, government or private sector. That's a fact. Second of all, you should because um, frankly, uh, ransomware is so rampant. Let me, let me take a minute really quick and talk about what a DR plan is and why you should do it. Guys, here's the reality. If you say, hey, do you have a DR plan documented? The IT people are going to be like, we don't need it We have backups, we are trained and professional, we can stand it back up. Especially smaller businesses where they have less uh, people involved, they don't wanna document things because the second you document something, it becomes out of date, right? I know that sounds harsh, but it's a reality, right? oh, like this is how you restore the backups. But then like three months later, you have a new backup solution, right? You spend a month writing documentation on how to restore from the MoveIt software that does your backups. And then the MoveIt vulnerability hits and all of a sudden you got to get a new solution. So all of that documentation is wasted. And then you're like, why should I document our new solution? I wasted a ton of time. I could actually be doing real work, right? So this is part of the pushback that you get. Second of all, um, Guys, I got to tell you, like, DR plans are vitally important, okay? So 36%, I actually am happy to hear that 63% of government ITs do have a documented DR plan. Why would you document it? A lot of people are like, why document it? No one's going to read the documentation when it when crap hits. Here's the deal, okay? This is a fact. This is a hashtag fact. You, if you are experiencing a ransomware incident, you know what you're not gonna do? You're not gonna go get a binder off a shelf, blow the dust off of it, and open it up and read it. You're gonna be so shell-shocked, and like, you know, not sure what to do. Like crap in one hand, or like bump into a wall like a clipping a video game character. You are gonna have no idea what to do, okay? Why you document a DR plan is for two reasons one so everybody's on the same page so you get stakeholder in in involvement right here here's a simple exercise okay let's say that you're a business of any notable size okay and all your systems go offline but don't worry you've been backing up everything every day like a boss okay cool good good what system do you bring up first Do you bring up Active Directory? Do you bring up your critical ERP servers? Do you bring up email? You tell me. Well, guess what? If you're actively dealing with an active compromise that has bricked your entire business, that is not the time to have that conversation. The time to have that conversation is left of boom, where everybody, the business, the executives, the IT people, they all get in a room and they ask that question. Then you document, okay. We bring up Active Directory, we bring up email, we bring up the ERP, and then here is like secondary systems, and here's tertiary, and here's systems that we can run with like we can run the business without, okay? Those things aren't going to change dynamically. When you say bring up email, I don't care if you're running Exchange or Google Workspaces, right? And I like, just work with me on this example because I know your Google Workspaces isn't going to go down if your business gets ransomware, but work with me here, okay? You make it a little generic so it's a little bit more flexible, but everybody's on the same page. Second item of value. When you run a tabletop exercise, that's when you pull the binder out. That's when you walk through roles, responsibilities, iterations, right? Dude, when people say like, oh, don't sweat it, Jerry. I'll just restore from backups. Okay, Kevin, like go ahead and restore from backups. How long does that take? Because I got a fact for you. Restoring the file server with three terabytes of data will take 27 hours, okay? And I'm not being, you know, aggressive or you know a uh, confrontational my point is it's not a freaking mouse click button like a video game and everything's back up it will take 27 hours assuming you don't run into issues do you have a new like do you have a hard drive disk space to take on 4 terabytes or is your cold DR scenario you know just like um you know like like uh oh we're just going to go to best buy and buy buy you know um Hard drives, like, okay. So, so like, when the rubber hits the road, just having documentation and just having flippant staff, this is where you're going to get punched in the mouth, okay? So, long story short, to get back to the actual news story here, this is why documenting DR is important. It's not so when you actually need it, you can pull out the binder. It's so you can prep and make sure that you're correct. It's so infuriating. Do you know how many... I'm sorry to flip out here. Okay, do you know how many times I have done a simulated, like, DR or business continuity exercise and had just passive-aggressive IT people, like, undermine? Like, obviously, this is why I'm so fired up about it because it's like, dude, you are missing the entire point of this exercise, and if you get punched in the mouth... Like, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I'm going to look across the table and you and I are going to have an eye conversation And then I'm going to go get tacos because uh, we're all set with our DR. We don't need it, Jerry. Uh. Fancy!
1: Icefall vulnerability disclosed affecting Schneider. Following up on a story we brought you exactly one year ago, researchers have disclosed a vulnerability affecting tools made by OT manufacturer Schneider Electric. This final bug was announced as part of a set of disclosures collectively known as OT Icefall that was released June 22, 2022. The vulnerability affects the company's ION and PowerLogic power meters, which provide power and energy monitoring tools to organizations in the manufacturing, energy, water and wastewater systems sectors. Tagged as CVE-2022-46680, the vulnerability has a CVSS score of 8.8 out of 10, indicating a high severity, and allows attackers to gain access to credentials that would help them change configuration settings or potentially modify firmware.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Duck, duck. Okay, so today is ICSOT day, apparently. Schneider Electric, really, really well-known OC... uh, OC um OT vendor in the space Uh, I haven't heard of Icefall I will say I meant to ask uh John Hammond about this yesterday I will say Icefall is a killer vulnerability name I haven't really said it too much on the channel um but I do have a soft spot obviously for infographics but like vulnerabilities with cool marketable names and if they get a logo oh be still my heart so uh Icefall definitely got some got some legs um, this was a, uh, a big proof of concept white paper. This is just coming in from Justin Gold, who does work in the OT space. It was a big proof of concept white paper for exploiting a variety of OT tools. So a lot of uh, applicability and use case here. It's not just a one trick pony. It's a multi-trick pony, right? Um <laughs> Uh, remind me at Jaw Jackin if you can about the Japanese horse racing game that's absolutely ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, we'll do that at Jaw Jackin if someone reminds me. Uh, Schneider Electric worked with the security researchers at Forescout to actually get this fixed. And um, I appreciate that. Anytime vendors are actively engaged with A, the security researcher community, I'm all for it. And then B, when they're actually actively engaged with their customers, I love that our industry has gotten to the point where A, um, security researchers are welcomed, uh, see vulnerability disclosure programs, bug bounty programs, et cetera. And two, where businesses are not so butthurt When a vulnerability comes in the door to be like, "Oh, this is gonna hurt the share value. Oh, like customers are gonna run away." Right? No, like they're like, "Hey, like this is good information. We want to protect our customers. We are righteous in our mission to serve our customer base. Please tell us what the problem is and let us fix it." So good on you. Love it. Love it. Love it. One thing, since we're talking OT today, um, I'll just share this really quick in chat, but please don't go to this while I'm still uh, streaming, um. Uh, what is it, uh, discombobulator, um, funny OT video, oh my god, dude, oh my god, can I, where is it, uh, okay, hey, can my OT people in chat, please drop the, um, that video, the discombobulator, please, you know what I'm talking about, uh, the discombobulator, oh yeah, look at this, guys, look at this, it's just coming in now. Look at this. This is better than a vulnerability logo. Ooh, mountains, but like gridded, like it's a, like it's a, um, it's a, uh, like an, e- like an edge and endpoint diagram. Oh yeah. Look at this. Let's get into that detail. Oh, this is, this is naughty. Okay. Hold on. Let's, let's keep going. Go
1: browser for windows available for everyone as a public beta. DuckDuckGo has released its privacy-centric browser for Windows to the general public. It is a beta version available for download with no restrictions. It promises to protect users from third-party tracking, targeted advertising, search query logging, and profiling. To achieve this, it comes with various data protection and security enhancements active by default, stating in its announcement it is, quote, just a fast, lightweight browser that makes the Internet less creepy and less cluttered, end quote
0: japan okay so oh thank you so much (laughs) all right all right uh really quickly uh this right here is a classic classic okay uh chris Sistrunk played this uh at the very first talk i ever saw chris Sistrunk, uh b-sides augusta 2016. um add this to your to your playlist please do not go watch this while i'm still streaming but this this video is so funny, um, it's so funny, it's, it's, dude, if you work or talk to anyone in ICSOT security, they know this video, it's it's very, very um, OG. Okay, so DuckDuckGo is released a web browser, DuckDuckGo is very, very privacy centric, although I may, po- I wanna point out that there was a little bit of kerfuffle uh, about two years ago where DuckDuckGo, which is basically a privacy alternative to Google search, Okay, so it was a search engine. It still is, but now there's a browser for it. If you're into privacy, Brave and DuckDuckGo, apparently now, are like your go-tos. Brave has been the go-to privacy browser for a long time, but um, DuckDuckGo, obviously, is all about privacy, so get up on that. Uh, One thing I do want to point out, though, is DuckDuckGo was... um, embarrassed uh, a year or two ago where it was discovered that they were like selling their data uh, or your data, frankly. (laughs) Um, I don't remember all the uh, ins and outs of it, but they were definitely selling your data, which went against the entire point of the DuckDuckGo browser. Obviously, they weathered the storm. Crisis is their uh, product. Or what is it? Like spin. There was a Sandra Bullock movie about Crisis where she was like a PR person. But anyways... Uh, so, go check out DuckDuckGo if privacy is important to you. I know that there's a subset of people in the Simply Cyber community that's all about it. Uh, so, let us know if you use DuckDuckGo browser, if you like it. It's available for beta right now. And uh, I recommend using Brave. Brave's a good option.
1: And digital ID card gets emergency review amid data leaks. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has ordered an emergency review of the nation's ID cards amid revelations of glitches and data leaks that threaten the government's digital services push. The My Number card is a unique identification for all Japanese residents and is necessary to access some government services. The government plans to use the cards, which are equipped with NFC chips, in an authentication-as-a-service offering that private businesses can use. The My Number card will also replace health insurance cards. Japanese media reports that people with similar names are receiving cards intended for others, while some recipients found the card links to records describing someone else.
0: Oh my god, donkeys. And- okay, so this is, I-, I could tell you exactly what happened here, okay? I, I would, tinfoil hat Jerry, I always like to preface, uh, and for you new people, Daniel Lowry, GG. I always like to, anytime I say something that is remotely salacious or, um, you know, I could come back and blow me up or cancel me, I do like to put a disclaimer up there that this is just in my opinion and does not re- reflect that of the Simply Cyber community, nor do I have any information about this. Okay, guys, let me tell you what happened here. Japan comes out with a, you know, national ID, right? It's kind of like, a you know, driver's license in the US, except like federal ID, social security card, kind of. Ish, Okay? And the idea is that it's a response to COVID-19. They want to be able to, you know, centralize and be able to roll out stuff to the government if they need to do mass um, population health things or pop population anything. Uh, they'll have these ID cards. And on paper, this is good. And to the, you know, the six, you know, uh, like RAND Corporation people that were in the room that came up with this plan, good on you, right? Like... You're loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. Okay, now here's where it becomes a hot take. You take this brilliant idea, and then you, like, just like any other government, you're like, okay, we need people to actually execute on this idea. We need companies to build the IDs themselves, right? The, the Japanese government isn't going to manufacture these identification things themselves. They're gonna hire a company to do it. They need to hire a company to pull all the data, right? All these people, they need a company to mail all these things out. They need a company to do customer support. So when people call in, I didn't get my card, my card's wrong, like whatever. They need a company to build a website to, to communicate, okay? So like you get what I'm saying, all right? There's multiple people involved and I'm based this heavily on my experience in the United States, okay? So they probably bid out the contract. Here's where it comes in. Here's where Carl interferes, okay? Here's where Carl jams his ugly face into the mix. They probably gave it out to lowest feasible bid, right? So when you do government contracting, there's two things. Can you do the work and how much does it cost, right? And that's basically what you base it on. So if you can technically do the work, like let's say there's 6 candidates and they can all technically do the work. Then they'll choose the lowest bid. But when you're choosing lowest bid, you're getting what you pay for. And in this instance, they had you know, double prints, they had people mailing the wrong things to each other. Who knows if the NFC actually works? This is a classic example of great plan, terrible execution. And by the way, they may I don't know what the population of Japan is, but it's not uh, you know, under a thousand. So it's going to be more expensive, frankly, to clean up this mess. Not to mention the the potential for private data breach and private data uh, loss and stuff like that. I I do want to say, let me check my calendar really quickly. I do want to say shout-out and thanks to NCC Group for being really chill about me going over. Uh, Thanks, Bass. Just a quick reminder to join us later today. Nice. That's going to do it for today's news. Stay with me for just a hot minute. Guys, that's the news for today. Really quickly, want to say thank you to all of you for being here. Special shout-out to Daniel Lowry over at ACI Learning. I'm a friend of Daniel's, and I like him. He's been on the show before. I've been on his show Daniel, have you been on my show as a guest? I think you have. All right. Hey, guys, if you missed it yesterday, the uh, my, my friend uh, and industry professional, John Hammond, was my guest on Simply Cyber Live yesterday. We had a great talk, very chill talk. It was a true fireside chat. We talked about slapping each other with taco shells. We talked about his favorite video game. And we also talked about uh, Capture the Flags. YouTube content creation and the state of the cybersecurity industry. So if you're looking for a chill uh, stream, uh, go check that out. I just dropped a LinkedIn chat. Uh, John's a really great guy, as many of you know. All right. So that's going to do it for the uh, the news briefing. We're going to pivot into jaw jacking really quickly. But I do want to say thank you for all being here. I do have a... Um, thank you, Adrian Harris. I do have a couple things to ask you guys about. Uh, one... Is Joey Hyde still looking for uh, CatGPT, it was Super Smash Brothers, and Call of Duty Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, Did Joey Hyde get, uh, did we get the Simply Cyber Squad tag? Oh, Japanese horse racing. Yes, okay. So while Joey Hyde gets his thing. Oh, thank you, Daniel Lowry. Yeah. I can't wait. Actually, I had a conversation, uh, this is a little inside chat, but I had a conversation with Kathy yesterday, Daniel, and, uh, I don't know if you know, but we might be, <laughs> we might be doing something together, Daniel. Uh, so you heard it here first. Okay, so, while Joey's getting someone to tag, and Joey, if you want me to tag someone, I can certainly do that and facilitate that, um, Okay, so I have a couple things to show you. One, the Japanese horse racing, which is absolutely hilarious, and um, and I have a question for the community, which might involve a um, an actual poll uh, for the community. So, all right so joey hi uh jenny can you jenny what are we are we what are we doing with the simply cyber community challenge is joey gonna tag someone do we need to tag someone maybe we could tag daniel lowry see if he wanted oh very cool daniel i'm glad uh, kathy spoke to you let me know let me know we could tag daniel lowry see if he wants to take it on okay guys really quickly while we get the simply cyber community challenge sorted out let me show this to you All right, I found this in like 2015. This is, I don't even know if this is a real horse racing game or if this is just something weird, but check this out. This is insanely hilarious. Okay, Uh, is this gonna work? (laughs) Just stay with me on this one. It looks normal, right? So, th- by the way, if you're new here, this is Jaw Jack, and we just kick it for a few minutes after the news briefing to decompress before we have to go back to our work. Okay, so look, the race is off. Like, there's an abominable snowman pushing a Trojan horse down here. This guy's riding in a, um, a, a chair on a bull. That horse is two-stepping down the range. Like, that's a double horse, like a, a, a tandem bike. I mean, have you seen this before? Just Ben? Okay, so Jenny Housley, I will tag someone. Daniel Lowry, let me know if you're interested. Daniel, hold on, Daniel Lowry. Um, Let me uh, do this, Daniel. Daniel Lowry, um, tag on Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let me know if you'd like to take on the challenge anyways have you guys seen the before? it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous here they come around the stretch this one there's a like there's a walrus being ridden down here in the back Uh oh hey look the abominable snowman's actually making a push on the far right side on the final four legs abominable snowman's coming up tight he's swinging the arm it's not looking good all right We've got the two can-can dancers slap fighting onside the horse. That horse is actually stretching. It's not looking good. Obama Snowman. All right, we've got a wig. Oh, oh, no, this one is puking on its opponents. Not good. This guy is... He grabbed an oar. He's actually paddling. Uh, It looks like that's going to give him the push. And number eight clears. Who had number eight? Winner, winner, chicken dinner all right this is the absurdity of this Japan I don't know if you've seen this but it is, it is so ridiculous it is so ridiculous um so anyways there, there you go Google if you if you Google Japanese horse racing or Jap- Japan World Cup you'll get that it is careful though it is a uh it's a YouTube show hole that you might not get out of okay All right, so where are we at? Most extreme elimi are any most extreme elimination fans here? Oh no, I I don't know what that is. Adrian Harris, I don't either. know. Okay, <laughs> glad you enjoyed it, Joey. All right, did we get a did we get a grab tag here? Uh, Jane, I see Jenny ta- uh, texting here. Let's see what we're doing. No response from Daniel. Okay, that's fine. Uh, is Gigi still here? I do like engaging the new timers. Gigi Henderson. Gigi, let me know if you want the Simply uh, simply Cyber Community tag. Just got into cyber two months ago. Obsessed with it. Love the daily. Keep me informed. Henry Pedra. Welcome to the party, my friend. All right. So we've got a request out to Gigi Henderson. We'll let that roll. Guys, I got a question for the Simply Cyber Community. We're down to 191 people live in chat. Uh, Oh, Gigi. Gigi takes the challenge. Okay, so Gigi is going to pick it up. Thanks so much, Gigi. Welcome to the party. I'm glad you're here. All that we ask, Gigi, is that you go on LinkedIn and post your cyber story. Who is Gigi Henderson? What does cybersecurity mean to you, Gigi? Add the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And folks in chat, please jump on LinkedIn and connect with Gigi. Connect with the people in comments. And let's blow up the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And Gigi, I know it's asking a little bit more of you, but if you can come back on Monday for the stream in order to tag another person at the mid-roll, we would genuinely appreciate that. I hope, I hope to see more of you, Gigi, in chat. Thank you to Jenny Housley for continuing to support the Simply Cyber Community Challenge uh jenny is amazing and one of the newest mods to the simply cyber discord server so thanks uh jenny for all you do all right guys so let me be real for a second and ask you guys your opinion i spoke uh internally to some folks on this but before i do it i want to engage the community you guys know that i am incredibly or i try to be incredibly transparent and uh, forthcoming with you as a community um the newsletter exclamation point newsletter in chat William Ayers started a new job, dude. William. Okay, so really quickly before I uh, a- uh, ask you guys for this question, let me tell you something. Uh, William Ayers, I actually have a video on the channel called "How to Crush Your First Ninety Days." Okay, how to crush your first ninety days. Um, it, it, this isn't an action item, but like you may want to go check it out. I tell you exactly how you can like just demolish your first 90 days to the point where like your bosses are like, Jesus, look at this guy. Look at this lady. Okay. So, um, if you want, go check that out. I I put it there as a service. Okay. Okay, guys. So, Simply Cyber Newsletter, if you're interested, every single Monday, you will get an email in your inbox that has been curated, and it will give you three pieces of actionable intel. One for your end user community, one for your peers, like IT and Infosec folks, and one for your executives. You can get budget, you can reduce risk for your uh, your business, you can be better informed if you're looking for a job. Um, you'll not only know a top news story or, or piece of actionable intel, you'll know how to operationalize it, okay? That's what the newsletter does. The newsletter's like, here's something you should know about and here's how you can operationalize it. If you go into a job interview and they ask you, how do you stay current on uh, cyber, which is what you're going to be asked in any job interview, and you say, oh, I, I watch the daily cyber threat briefing every day. That's a fine answer, but take it to a next step and be like, yeah, I watch the daily threat briefing every day, for example, Just last week, there was a story about, um, you know, whatever, uh, Cisco AnyConnect VPN being able to get exploited for system privileges. Do you guys run uh, AnyConnect here at your business? Because if you do, you may want to check that out. Like, like, hold on, let me do this so you can fully see it. Guys, if the guy or lady interviewing you You're giving them actionable intel for them to turn around and operationalize at their work because they didn't know that Cisco AnyConnect had a massive 9.8 vulnerability with active exploitation in the wild. You are already delivering value and you don't even freaking work there. Believe me, this is the value, okay? Get that job. Get it. Okay, so that is what the newsletter is. Now here's my ask for the community, okay guys? Here's the reality. I was checking the uh, I was checking the credit card statements yesterday, and I noticed um, a charge. Okay, so whether you know it or not, I, I use a, a technology called ConvertKit. ConvertKit is how I send the newsletters out. ConvertKit, when I signed up, was two hundred and fifty dollars a year, which is like twenty bucks a month, and I was like, okay, I can absorb that cost, right? Squad members support. Ad revenue, whatever. I can eat twenty dollars a month. Well, because the newsletter has been so popular, the way that the pricing works is based on number of newsletter subscribers. Uh, My newsletter, or the Simply Cyber newsletter, has crossed a threshold. The newsletter costs eleven hundred dollars a year now. Okay, which which is fine. I'm fine with that. But I was thinking, how can I offset the cost without? directly asking for donations okay and i came up with a solution and i want your opinion on it okay so here is the deal i have a uh, like relationship or something whatever you want to call it affiliation with a platform that allows me to take uh, like vendors will put a blog post on this platform and i can read you know there's like 50 60 blog posts and i can grab one Usually I read it, and if it's something I think is valuable to you, I will grab it and I'll post it on LinkedIn. And every time someone clicks on the link, I get a, I get a small uh, fee, right? You guys don't have to buy anything. It's just if you go to the, the blog post. So what I was thinking was, in the newsletter, there would be the three stories plus the bonus section of, like, whatever's hot right now. Then I would add a, like, you know, basically a sponsored story or a sponsored blog post like a little section and the idea is like yes it would be something that i read and think adds value but the but the real the transparency is for everybody that clicks on the link i would get a small fee that small fee would be designed to go back and pay for the platform that's delivering the newsletter i do not charge a subscription fee for the newsletter it is a community service that i've done for i don't know how long the newsletter's been around six months nine months whatever but but now the cost of the freaking platform is expensive, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find creative ways that do not require like Patreon, and I don't have to like paygate the f- newsletter. So guys, um, let me know what you think. I'm gonna put a poll in chat because the poll will be um, anonymous. That way, if you think it's scummy or you think it's not a good idea, and you don't want the wrath of chat to get on your back. We'll do um, we'll do a poll so it's anonymous. Do you like uh, the I don't know sponsored poll idea to help fund newsletter? Like, let me let me know in chat. I mean, all you have to do is click on it again. You, I, I think you have to read not read it, but I think you do have to spend like a certain amount of time on the page, thirty seconds or whatever. Uh, scroll it. I don't know. But let me know in chat, I, I would appreciate it. Because here's the thing, yes, there's there's revenue and there's money being made and all this other stuff, but I, I do take my role as, as, a, as a servant leader of this community quite seriously. And for something like this, I, I basically I wanna run it by the community, okay? So let me know, I'm gonna pour a coffee. While you guys are voting on that, I do want to give a shout out and love to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Eric Taylor, as many of you know, is a wonderful person. And Eric Taylor will be hosting the daily Cyber Threat Briefing next week. I think I might be able to do Monday morning because I'm not sure what time we're leaving. But Eric will be guest hosting for most of the week. So please uh, enjoy Eric. He does get spicy. Uh, He does do, we have, instead of the spicy sound, we have this little little dolphin noise there so uh giddy up on that all right let's check how many people have voted we've got 59 votes i'll wait until there's 191 of you here so i'll wait until we get at least 50 percent vote a couple people are saying no and that's okay um let's see what are we doing here oh cool All right, Um, let me just check my calendar. It looks like I have a meeting. Oh, good. Hey, guys, I got a meeting with Gary Ruddle at 930. You guys remember Gary Ruddle? YouTuber, really good guy, CTI guy, offset guy. We're meeting with with him at 930 just for a little catch up. All right. 96% feeling it. 76 votes in. All right. All right. So, all right, what, now that we, uh, I'll let this vote go a little bit longer. And if you're hashtag team replay, I know I can't anonymize your vote. I can't anonymize your comment. But if you do have a comment um, about the newsletter and you got to this point, it means you're, um, you know, you're an involved community member because we're in jawjacking segment. So holler at me um, in chat and let me know, okay? <laughs> a lot of people in chat talking about the Elon Zuckerberg uh, cage match. <laughs> uh, yeah, and by the way, whether or not we we sponsor the newsletter or not, definitely sign up for it. I think you'll get value. You can always unsubscribe, right? I I, I don't care if you subscribe or unsubscribe. It's 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 a it's a service I deliver. Uh, Benjamin Milton says, could you include links? to pass newsletters and post them on your page for increase click rate, something like that. Oh, that's a good point. Um, you know what I could do? I could, I could maybe post the newsletter. I, I don't really talk about the website very often. I don't know if you guys know this, but there is a Simply Cyber website. I don't talk about it very often. I could, there's a blog. I could do um, a newsletter blog post, right? Maybe we could do that if you guys want. Let me know if you think that that would add value. And uh, we could certainly giddy up on that. Alright. Do not hurt Jerry's feelings. Oh, Nick, that's okay. I'm fine, buddy. I promised to click it. Thank you, Adrian. Pursuit of Bliss, if you sell one ad space for the newsletter, that would definitely help with cost. Because you apparently have reach with so many subs. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I'm not really selling to a sponsorship I've never really like sought sponsorship like Panopsi, XM cyber barricade um, Black Hills anti-siphon it, it, it's more like just a relationship and we talk and they they want to support the channel because they like what we're doing over here right All right so blog list we can do that um, dark Shadow asks how to subscribe to the newsletter dark shadow I'm gonna drop a link in chat here newsletter or the bot's going to drop a link in chat okay all right um any final questions any anything you guys want to talk about let me let me end this uh the chat here we're at 96 votes there's 190 184 of you which is more than half of the people voting okay i'm gonna end the chat um or end the poll excuse me uh thank you all for those who voted um it does seem overwhelming that uh people are okay with this and for those who did not like it um you know i I appreciate your opinion uh but with this overwhelming thing um and the and like the the ability to kind of support the newsletter uh i'm gonna continue i'm gonna start doing that so look for it this monday and I'll report back to you guys if it's working or not. I'll tell you what, if, if if it's not working, um I'll I'll stop doing it. I'll stop doing the sponsorship part. I'll continue doing the newsletter, right? Um Oh, thank you, Ross. I, I hear you on the donations. Um I mean that's kinda what the squad membership is. Um we'll we'll see. Stay stay tuned. We'll see. Like uh I I'm 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 slow. <laughs> I talk about this openly, which is kind of insane on my streams. But like, I'm working towards, um, I'm working towards quitting my job so I can be able to serve this community more, right? So, you know, stay tuned for that. Is my face wicked dark? I feel like it is. Let me. There we go. Oh no, my face is really dark. I think I need to turn this light up more. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, what did James say that was like, it, it's not bad to have sponsors if it enables you to reach more people and the sponsors in our space. Yeah, exactly, James. And guys, by the way, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not. You may not have noticed this. I get solicited all the time, right? I just had someone yester- yesterday wanted me to like sponsor and pitch um, like a standing desk. I've had people want to send me like running shoes. I, I have people who want me to push Nord VPN like I get a lot of like solicitations that I just don't go forward with or bring up because it's not I don't believe in the product or I don't want to subject you as a community to it like whatever um, so uh, Lamar Anderson anyone taking bets what's the bet on oh Elon versus Zuck dude Zuck will destroy Elon <laughs> Like, Zuck's been uh, rolling around, BJJ, um, Elon, I mean, dude, like, with all due respect, as far as I know, Elon's, he's so hyper-focused on getting to Mars. Like, I really believe that Elon is thinking way big, big, big picture. Like, he runs Tesla and all these other things exclusively to fund his, I'm getting off this planet mission, okay? So he doesn't have a lot of time to protect himself. How can one reach you directly for something that may be interesting? I would like to ask your opinion. Saif Eddie Musa. Uh, just tag me on Discord, uh, Saif. <laughs> oh, Nick Barker saying I'm ruining careers. That's funny. Sad, but funny. Uh, just found your channel, Bruno. Very cool. Love it. Do you have any videos on Google Cyber Cert? No, you know what? A lot of people are asking about this Google Cyber Cert. Maybe I can't do it on vacation. My family will kill me. But um, I do want. See, this is one of those things. If I, if, if my full-time job was to serve this community, I could do that. We do have a running channel, Tim Ferrari. It's under the uh, Love Cyber Fusion channel or Love Fusion channel. It's running. Love. I'm in there. All right, guys. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I'm going to boogie out of here, hit hit the head, finish my coffee before my 9.30 a.m. meeting. But guys, I want to thank you all for being here today. Thank you for voting. I hope you got value from the stream. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Like I said, I may or may not be here Monday, but the stream will go on. And uh, Eric Taylor, you're in good hands. Uh, Also, uh, next Wednesday, we have the um, next Wednesday, we actually have another market your cyber self video. I'm just going to tease it a little bit. Episode three of eight on a limited run series, market your cyber self. We're going to be talking about decrypting marketing for cyber entrepreneurs and beginners. Virginia Case is amazing at marketing, and I won't be there. So, there will be a special guest host, it will not be Eric Taylor. It will be someone from the Simply Cyber community, so you'll have to tune in to find out who that special host is. It's going to be great, I promise you. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. You guys are wonderful. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.